0: The time is 9 o'clock, and you are listening to CHMA 106.9 FM. Hello,
1: and welcome to CHMR Report on CHMA 106.9 FM and chmafm.com. We're broadcasting from Sackville, New Brunswick, to the heart of the Maritimes, on the traditional and unceded lands of the Mi'kmaq people. I'm Erica Butler. It's Wednesday, November 22nd. On today's show, we dive right into our feature interview. Easy access to transportation, especially for anyone not above a certain income threshold, is a challenge, especially for those in rural and small-town New Brunswick. Transportation is also a challenge on the climate change front, with greenhouse gas emissions from transportation making up a large chunk of emissions, about 29% in the U.S. and about 20% globally. At the local level, researcher Margaret Toos King is hoping to cast some light on the specific challenges around transportation and also some of the solutions – Toosking is hosting a series of community conversations about transportation, kicking off Thursday afternoon. The conversations will contribute to a larger transportation shift project. CHMA called up Margaret Toosking to find out more. Margaret Toosking, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Okay, um, so tell us about Transportation Shift, the Transportation Shift Project.
0: So this is a project that is uh, uh, with the Green Resilience Project, which comes out of Toronto. And I worked with them a couple of years ago. The Green Resilience Project is co-hosted by two organizations. One is Energy Mix Productions, and it is a community news organization that is looking at climate change and how we can do faster, better carbon cuts Um, to respond to climate change, and they worked uh, a couple of years ago along with uh, the Basic Income Canada folks, and they were looking at the intersection of income inequality and all of the expectations we have around how we're going to shift our economy and our communities in response to the needs of climate change, and yet the reality that so many people will be left behind So a couple of years ago, we examined questions of that intersection between climate change and and income security. And I met with about 40 to 50 people in the region and provided a really good report back. And I think they must have liked the engagement we had here in Tantramar because they contacted me in the summer and they said, we're doing another layer of, of study and this is around transportation. And it relates to the federal government's priority to help us shift to having no more gas-powered vehicles sold after 2035. So by then, you'll only be able to buy electric or zero-emission cars. And they got some funding um, through the Department of Natural Resources, I think, uh, because uh, the federal government really is interested in figuring out how to expedite this and so Atlantic Canada has been identified along with the Prairie Provinces and some of the northern areas of Canada as, as places where the government wants to know more about what people are thinking about electric, electric vehicles um or these kinds of solutions to transportation and climate change so i have some questions that i'm going to be asking people when i get 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 together with people here in Tantramar and the region Um, but also one of the things about the green resilience project is they know that we don't exist in a vacuum and these are questions that relate to the work of other community organizations too so i get to ask other questions as well so i have met with um eos folks. Uh, I've talked to some people um, with the urban and rural rides. I've talked to people at the university, um, things like that. And they've kind of said, you know, we have questions too. So what I hope to do is to have a wide ranging community conversation about transportation. And I will be able to give all of the data we collect to our local organizations so that it can inform some of the programs and projects um, and initiatives they want to do
1: as well. Okay. So it sounds like there's definitely like that focus on zero emission vehicles, but you're also broadening it to to really just look at transportation as a whole. So not necessarily yeah, you know, just not the not just the barriers to to converting to electric, but maybe also some of the other transportation challenges?
0: Absolutely. Cuz here we are we, and we know that we we struggle we've tr- struggled with transportation for years. And um, you know we're worried about healthcare, and so many of our healthcare services are located outside of our local communities. So you know, accessibility to to basic kinds of things um, around healthcare and uh, goods that we need to to run our households and keep ourselves going, many of them aren't aren't available locally. So transportation is an issue, I think, for everybody. And if you don't have you know the resources for a car or to pay for other transportation. It really, really is tough, in, certainly in rural New Brunswick and certainly in rural
1: Chantelar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, certainly around, around here, it's, it, there's not a lot of other options besides a vehicle. We, ha- we do have um, maritime bus and we do have a via rail station, but both are you know, probably less, you know the schedules on both are less than is maybe perhaps really useful and convenient for a lot of people.
0: Oh, gosh, absolutely. Now, we do have two slightly volunteer run options. The Nursing Homes Without Walls is doing transportation for seniors, particularly to medical appointments. And so if people want to uh, you know, have that need, get in touch with Nursing Homes Without Walls because they are a community organization that does have some funding and resources from the province, um, plus a, a wide range of volunteers. That help with that, as well. The Urban and Rural Rides Organization is a community-based organization that um, has rides available for a very small cost because they get volunteer drivers. And um, so, I have—I'll I'll have some information about those programs with me when I get together uh, with people on community conversations because I think it's important for us to have that. That kind of um, information about what is available. But again, here we are relying largely on volunteers uh, for the basic necessities, and that, you know, certainly a justice and accessibility concern for us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, in these, you're hosting two community conversations. Um, And are you hoping to hear from, you know, everyone from, you know, people who've made the jump to EVs and and have, you know, maybe issues with charging infrastructure, but also people who maybe don't even have a vehicle and are trying to uh, navigate life uh, without one? Um, Yes,
0: exactly. I would like the whole range of people because everybody has an experience of of challenge with transportation. and. Um, you know, I think some of us, I'm, I'm one of the fortunate people, I have a car, and I have a car I can plug in and get 50 kilometers on a charge, which, you know, is uh, the type of plug-in hybrid I drive. And, you know, I can talk about my experience and, you know, hopefully dispel some of the myths and, you know, good and bad about, about electric vehicles from that perspective, but I would love to have more people coming um, to talk about those experiences. So far, you know, i'm I seem to be attracting seniors and and people who might uh, be excluded due to ability issues um, and income levels. But um, I think everybody needs to be part of the conversation because this is a it's a public policy issue, transportation and we're all voters, we all have a say, and I think we all can contribute. So I do have uh, two conversations coming up. I have one on Thursday afternoon at one thirty at the Sackville Commons, and then I have another one next Tuesday evening at seven o'clock, again, at the Sackville Commons. I will also be holding more like kitchen table kinds of conversations and interviews with key people in the community. Um, I really would like to have at least three dozen voices contributing minimum because i want to get that kind of wide range but i do uh, i will be talking as well with the regional service commission they actually have a staff person who is overseeing transportation and they've hired somebody from the university of new brunswick to do a transportation study here in the region and i'm going to talk with him as well because i understand a survey has already gone out to municipalities and other stakeholders on transportation. So perhaps when I've talked to everybody like that, I'll get a body of information that I can then share back with EOS and urban and rural rides and nursing homes without walls and anybody else who's trying to solve the problem by giving them more data and information about our community so that they're hopefully more enabled with the work that they're already doing. Plus then of course, I'll be sending the, the results back to Toronto to the uh, green resilience folks who are coordinating all this.
1: So, uh, you're asking people to uh, register in advance, put their name in with you in advance. Um, uh, where can they get the information on how to register?
0: I am hoping that I can give you my um, my email address, and you can attach it to the to the posting if you don't mind that, Eric. Absolutely. I'd appreciate that. Yeah. And I did put a post out on Facebook, and it did get sent through the, the Mamre Cook Tantrumar Community Task Force, which, as you know, has over 200 volunteers who were mobilized during the pandemic who continue to work on health care and housing and all sorts of things. So I put it out through that network, hoping that people will, um, will invite friends to participate. Um, I, I think I will want to visit um the straight shores area as well because i haven't heard back from them and i know that transportation is an issue there too so i'm not i'm not by any means done at the end of next week with all of my consulting but this was my first um attempt at inviting people to get together and talk so i will just keep going probably until the middle of december i'll try and organize small conversations and if people can't make it those dates please email me and let me know that they're interested and I will try and find another time i really think it's so important for us to have our voices heard and i feel like so often we don't get an opportunity to be heard and to influence policy and this is a real opportunity for us um in Tantramar in, Atl- in Atlantic Canada
1: all right well thanks very much margaret and i appreciate you telling us about it i really appreciate your interest erica thank you so much that's Margaret Toos king a local researcher with the Astor Group, who is hosting community conversations about transportation on Thursday afternoon and next Tuesday evening at the Sackville Commons on Lawrence Street. You can register by emailing margaret.twos-king at That's margaret.twos-king at for Tanchamara Report for this Wednesday, November 22nd. In light of the continuing Facebook ban on Canadian news outlets, help us spread the word about CHMA's work by sharing stories via email or just telling your friends and neighbours to tune in to 106.9 FM or get us online at chmafm.com. I'm Erica Butler. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Yoshko and you are listening to CHMA.
2: And thank you for that, Yoshko. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the late morning show here on CHMA. You just heard from Erica Butler with your Tantramar report. So thank you for that, Erica. I'm your late morning host JC and you're listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. Broadcasting live to all of you beautiful CHMA listeners from the top floor of the Wallace-McCain Student Center. The time is 9.13 and here is your weather update. So, it is currently minus one. Today, a mix of sun and cloud, uh, snow at times mixed with rain beginning in the afternoon, a high of plus two and a wind chill of minus 11 at the worst today. Tonight, snow at times mixed with rain, changing to rain late this evening. So snowfall amount around 2 to 4 centimeters, uh, while rainfall amount around 5 to 10 millimeters. Temperature will be steady around plus 2 tonight. On Thursday, rain ending in the morning, then cloudy with a 60% chance of showers. High of plus 6, and in the evening, a low of minus 2. On Friday, to finish off the work week, it'll be sunny with a high of plus 1, and cloudy periods in the evening with a 60% chance of flurries and a low of minus 12. On the weekend, on Saturday, it'll be sunny with a high of minus 7, and clear in the evening with a low of minus 9. On Sunday... The final day of the week, a mix of sun and cloud, with a high of minus two, and cloudy with a low of minus two in the evening. All right, the weekend sounds sounds pretty great actually. Uh, a little, little chilly, um, but no rain or or snow f- forecasted for the moment. So it might actually be a good time to start getting those Christmas decorations up if. Um, if that's something that you do, any sort of hol- holiday decorations that you have might be a good time to do that, especially if they're outdoors. I know we recently purchased a Christmas llama. How cool is that? That's really awesome. I wish I could share pictures with you uh, with my voice, and I can't can't speak it ev- evocatively enough at the moment. But it is a Christmas llama. If you can just imagine that, it's a lot of fun. All right. Let's get back to the music and then, after that, be back with a few local announcements. So, up next for your ear entertainment, here is Jex Nolor with their song Stand Out.
3: Oh, you stand up Stand up Honey, honey, don't need no handouts I'm saying the truth out of my mouth Telling yourself what you've been through, what you got into You've heard this all before You don't need nothing more And you're too good for that You ain't too good for that I don't need to remind you. You don't need to remind you you're too good for that
4: international news gathering service is an all-woman independent radio production company that produces and distributes news and current affairs programs by and about women around the world wings airs every wednesday at 10 a.m so be sure to stay tuned into chma 106.9 fm the voice of the marshes this is Luke and you're listening to CHMA
2: oh well thank you for that Luke so welcome back to the late morning show here on CHMA I have a little surprise for everyone so about a week ago I did an interview with Luke with Luke Hougenstrand who was having an art show um it was my first time doing an interview. I could have definitely done a better job. Uh, but rather than keep it away from from everyone, Luke had some awesome things to say. Just kind of take out everything I was saying um, <laughs> or take it with a, with a grain of salt. Anyways, I figured I would play that for you all this morning and see how it goes. So here it is. You are listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick, Voice of the Marshes. I am here with Luke Haugenstrand, who has been a longtime community member in Sackville, and he is having an art showcase in Amherst. So he's an artist based in Sackville and is having an art show at Focal Point Photography and Framing until the end of November. The show is a collection of his very own abstract and expressionistic paintings from the last couple of years. Most of them are acrylic on canvas, and a lot of his work is environmentally devotional. Luke, how are you doing? I'm great, JC. Thanks for having me. Oh, excellent. We're excited to have you here. For those of you who don't know, tell us a little bit about your upbringing and your time in Sackville.
4: Well, it's a bit of a long story. I was actually born in Sherwood Park, Alberta, and um, because of the nature of my parents' work, uh, they were ministers. You often move around a lot, so I lived in B.C. for a bit, I lived in Duluth, Minnesota, and I um, lived in Ottawa, Ontario, and Thunder Bay, Ontario, before I ended up here in Sackville at age 11. And i uh, am pretty much stuck around here ever since. Um, I was homeschooled, so my parents thought it was really important to get me involved in like the artistic community around here. So I was in a lot of plays, um, Will of the Wisps, Festival by the Marsh. Um, and yeah, I, I've always been an artist at heart. Wasn't always sure what way that would go. I took music lessons as well. Um, and it was around the age of 20 that... Um, I realized I really wanted to be a painter. Um, growing up, especially when we lived in Ontario, my parents took me to a lot of museums, like the National Gallery for one. And I was obsessed with the group of seven and, and a lot of the Canadian art. And um, yeah, so when I, was, when I was 20, I I met an artist named Dale Fair. Um, he lives in Nepal and really, really incredible artist. Um, and uh, his group his his work was sort of in the line of the group of seven, like what I'd call like Canadiana kind of work, And um, but with sort of his own spin on things a little more magical I'd say, um, a lot more dry brushing and glazing so there's a lot of atmospheric effects um, so I'd say like since then um, I've been kind of developing my own work, my own style and art's interesting because um I'd say that what I'm doing is sort of a continuation of what lots of people have done um, over time. And, and uh, I feel like I'm participating in, in an art form that goes back thousands of years. And um, I feel like people say, as an artist, that you're gifted. And I think I'd like to turn that around in that you're given a gift by your um, teachers.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that, Luke. Uh, you can check out and even purchase all of the artwork that he has for show at 93 Victoria Street in East Amherst, Monday to Thursday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. If you want to check out more of his work, you can visit his Instagram, Luke Haugenstrand. So that is L U K E H A U G E N S T R A N D. And welcome back That was an interview with Luke Hougenstrand That I did about a week back It was A lot of fun Uh, Luke is an absolutely amazing person Very easy to talk to And uh, has some really Interesting thoughts uh, On everything Not just on painting On uh, Really really a, a, a philosophical Gentleman I guess you could say But yeah, if you want to check that out, you can head over to Focal Point, focal point Photography uh, and Framing until the end of November. But I would also recommend uh, checking out and perhaps perhaps even reaching out to him on Instagram uh, at Luke Haugenstrand. That is the handle L-U-K-E-H-A-U-G-E-N-S-T-R-A-N-D. All right. So back to your regularly scheduled program so happy wednesday i'm your late morning host jc and you are listening to chma 106.9 fm in sackville new brunswick voice of the marshes now the time is nine twenty-eight, and how about we get right into some local announcements So, the Mount Allison Fine Arts Department is holding their first student art show and sale of the year on Friday, November 24th. That's this Friday, just a couple days away. Head to the Purdy Crawford Center foyer from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. to support the work of Mount Allison's fine arts students. And maybe you can even pick up some new art. Purchases are made only with cash, please. Also... Another announcement, join the staff at CHMA, us over here at CHMA, this Saturday, November 25th, between 1 and 3 p.m. for a tutorial on pre-recording and uploading your show. And that is your radio show. Learn how to quickly record week's worth of content from the comfort of CHMA's audio production room or digital media room. You can also stop by the CHMA headquarters on the third floor of the Wallace McCain Student Center. And CHMA staff will be happy to give you a tour, show you around, answer any questions you might have about radio, podcasting, and audio production, or how you can get involved with your local community campus radio station. As always, CHMA events are fun, free, and open to everyone. And you might think, oh, well, I don't have a show, so why would I I pre-record it? If you're even potentially just interested in seeing what radio is like, uh, or